his left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. Good morning, Bakers. What is going on, everybody, as we are now 32 hours from the trade deadline as we record this? Something like that. We'll see if we get something during the ep. That's kind of the great game we are playing the rest of the way uh, until the deadline is at 6 p.m. tomorrow. I think all of us kind of assumed 4 p.m. for whatever reason. It, like, is confirmed... Like, different from previous years, right? I believe so. My heart believes so. I think they probably... Maybe they say, are they following the NBA's example? Maybe they did it one other year because I think they're starting to realize that if they have the trade Mm. deadline, they can do, like, an MLB Network trade deadline show at, like, 7 p.m. and people will watch it because people like like baseball. Like, six versus four. Some people get home in time to tune in from work. West Coast teams get more time to trade. Mm, true. Something. Not like really a real thing, but who knows? It, it shouldn't be. Like in the past, they started shuffling around and stuff for what it's going to like fall on a Sunday or or whatever else. Pandemic year. Clandemic. Uh, we did have a couple trades happen, especially since we last talked. Uh, not as exciting in the baseball realm because it felt like it was starting. It It felt like it started to go... Was was Benintendi the first? First, like, real one. That right? was the first real one. That was after the Mets series. Like, I guess the, Met, the I guess Mets did Vogelbach first. Vogie, who's a, like, a he's solid player. Starts for them. Could see him him doing things. Uh, I'll say Benintendi was the first big one. Vogelbach is half a rental. He's still kind of in his beers. I think he has an option for next year. So, it, you know... He's Dan Vogelbach. He's jumped around a lot of different teams by this point. If he gets hot for a little bit, he can be a dangerous hitter for you. He's got pop. I think he's got the best swing percentage in the zone this year or something. So he's a very yeah. So far, base. so good for him in Queens. Solid ball player. You kind of know exactly what you're going to get. Shea Station being recorded right now. Right now. Jerry Blevins in studio next to us said hi. Gave him a nice hug. The Yankees traded for Andrew Benintendi. Um, a lot of you remember him from his Boston days. Uh, was an up-and-coming, I don't want to say star of the league, because sometimes people take that. People have different definitions of what a star but, is. you know, finished second in the Rookie of the Year as a 22-year-old for the Red Sox. And that was second to Judge, who had, like, the greatest rookie year ever. He uh, was really strong defensively. It it seemed like he was going to be a key part of Boston for the next six years, seven years, minimal. Uh, he came back in 2018, and he had a really nice season after his second in the Rookie of the Year. Uh, 830 OPS, 290, 366. Again, high-level defense. 
the Red Sox going to win the World Series. He was a big part of that team. He made that crazy catch in Houston. Came back the next year, Benny Biceps. Uh, Peter Gammons, a lot of weird tweets about Benny's body that not everyone knew what to do with at the time. Uh, turned out Gamma was right. Uh, and he just had a, a very mid-year, an OPS plus of 99. Um, very mid. Yeah, it was, it was a mid-season. And I think he saved it towards the end, but it, you know, those numbers were worse. COVID season, he's hurt. He hits 103. That whole Red Sox team was broken. Who was their manager that Jimmy just couldn't deal with? Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh. The old guy. Right? I can picture him. Red Sox in Ron, uh, Ron Renicky. Ron Renicky. God. I mean, those that Red Sox team was a. A shell of itself. Very much without Cora, who had been there, their kind of fire. Uh, and then it was kind of push-come-to-shove time. I, I mentioned some of those early good seasons. What does that do for a baseball player? It drives your ARB number up. Um, and, you know, Red Sox fans were debating going into 2021, Benny was going to make $6.6 million. And... I don't know. Boston kind of landed in a weird place with him. The reports kind of were they told him not to get bulky. He got bulky. He sucked. And I think there was some kind of communication, like uh, almost a push come to shove. He goes to Kansas City last year. He wins the gold glove in left field. Um, Would have to dive into that a little further, but I, I think the numbers were there. It's like positionality, half funny business, but, but, um, you know, in his bulky times, he his defensive numbers shot down, his speed literally went down, and things like that. That now this year, he kind of went full contact. He was getting shifted on earlier in the year, and he's one of the guys in baseball that can handle a bat well. So he was just kind of beating the shift, and that was leading to hits which was leading to getting on base. Uh, that gave him, in Kansas City, a 320 batting average, 387, 785 OPS, a 123 OPS plus. He gets straight to the Yankees. He will be playing left field for them. That has been their whole all year. Gallo uh, is on his way out, presumably in the next 32 hours. Even if not somehow, uh, you put Ben Tendi in left field, uh, there will be times when he slots in the top of the lineup. He'll mostly be towards the bottom. And the Yankees lineup has been really good this year. I mean, Judge cooks the books a little bit. Yeah. Like, a lot of the numbers say the Yankees have... If you, if you have, butter knife him out. A lot of the numbers say the Yankees have the best lineup in baseball. Uh, <laughs> Judge is 42 now, homers? 43, yeah. 42? Um. That helps. Judge and Rizzo have more homers than the Detroit Tigers this year. Hmm. So, Judge cooks the books a little there, but the Yankees' offense in general homers are there has been good. DJ LeMahieu has been really good. Um, Judge is on an MVP pace. Uh, Rizzo has been good. Glaber Torres. They add Andrew Benintendi that even if he regresses a bit, what he can provide contact-wise, 
getting on base wise, he's been drawing the walk this year. And again, you know, this is seventh year of Major League Baseball. It, longer you stay in the league, usually the better eye you get. You've seen all the tricks before. Andrew Benteni should be the perfect fit in what the Yankees team was missing. Um, showed his speed on the bases a little bit, can still run. He should be a perfect fit there. For the Yankees, it's what else are they going to add? Um, and maybe we'll get there in a little bit because a lot of Yankee fans thought that if Juan Soto wasn't happening, which it's kind of been quiet on that. That's kind of the biggest thing sort of holding everything up. People are assuming that's what's holding up everything. Uh, the Padres are super interested in Juan Soto, um, as are a lot of teams, but I, they supposedly have the pieces to make it work. I think there was a tweet I saw this morning, forget from who, that they're, they've made the most calls about Shohei. Nobody believes that trade will happen. Right, and, you know. But the Padres want to make a big move, I guess is the point. It feels like they are holding everything up. I, that's not confirmed yet. But if they can get Juan Soto, it feels like they are the number one in the clubhouse to try to do that. If they don't, Ian Happ... Could Wilson Contreras be on the table for them? I don't know. I don't think that's one of their main priorities. But Luis Castillo, that's why I started segueing there to the, the moving pieces. Luis Castillo went to the Seattle Mariners, which wasn't a name on the top of a lot of people's minds. They, they were middling. They were staying like a couple games under five hundred. They hit their hot streak, their winning streak. I think they ended up winning 14 in a row, something like that. Uh, that flipped their whole season. The energy there feels whole, totally different. The Angels got off to their hot start. They are now a dead team. The Rangers are kind of right where you'd guess the Rangers would be, 46-55. and 55. It's a two-team division. The Astros have essentially already run away with it, 12-game lead in the division. But the Mariners are 55 and 48, uh, kind of competing with the Blue Jays to be the third best team in the American League, which if you're the Mariners, that's kind of where you want to be. And man, this franchise, we talked about on the last episode of Talking Baseball, they haven't been to playoffs in over 20 years. 2001. Like, that's, I, I say the phrase, spoiled Yankee fans. Um, Winning record since 93. You know, it, playoffs are almost a guarantee in Yankee land, more or less. There were some weird, a couple weird years in there for Yankee land, but either but they, way. They're still involved, and as a fan base, in real time, you expected them it's to It's a make winning record. I think they've they've sold at the deadline, like, once. Yeah. They and turned it was, It's like a famously kind of fake... Selling, yeah, and they've re-signed it. So like they just so they sent the the expiring guys. They yeah, didn't trade like anybody with any value. So the Seattle Mariners, who haven't been in the playoffs in over twenty years, they had their juice kick in. Julio Rodriguez is a future star of the game and best player on the team. By the way, he gets hurt this weekend playing Houston. We'll see what that does. Um, they go get. 
Luis Castillo and add him to already a strong rotation. Logan Gilbert is really good. We need to talk about him more. He's a 25-year-old stud. Robbie Ray won the Cy Young last year. Uh, he pitches in Seattle. Chris Flexen is very solid. George Kirby, super talented young pitcher. And then Marco Gonzalez, I always think it's funny. When teams make the turn from being a bad team to a good team, there's usually a player that's the example of how much better that team has gotten. Marco Gonzalez was like their one for the last Started like a few years. opening days. And now he's currently listed as their sixth starting pitcher. Um, so the talent in Seattle has changed. Luis Castillo, it's a year and a halfer, so they'll also have him for next year. And they paid a big price tag, which also may be part of the reason this deadline slowed down. Uh, Luis Castillo, for a year and a half, got them uh, the number one prospect for Seattle, which you have to be tricky with when you say that because... Like a number one in this That can mean a lot of different things. That can, you know, a top (laughs) ten prospect in the league is very different than if your number one prospect is ranked 86th. Uh, Noel V. Marte, we'll see what he turns into. I'm only really familiar with him from MLB The Show. Shout out. Hmm. He's on MLB Prospect Pipeline. Uh, he's the number 17 prospect in baseball. 17. Fangraphs has him as 11. So he's, you know, he's a legit top prospect. And it, within the Reds organization, he's now their number one yeah. on this website. So. Yeah, so they had to give up a real one. Uh, There's three other prospects in there that, you know, I think one has a chance to be a high-leverage reliever, which, you know, that's still not something you really pay-pay for unless they're crazy, bona fide chance to be a closer. Um, And then a couple lottery tickets. There's an 18-year-old that's supposedly a good fielder. No idea, man. Yeah. You know, I saw some people commenting, like, he's going to be the one. It's like, you have no idea. He is very, very young. So is Marte. 18 versus 20. Marte slots in as the Reds' number one prospect now, and Arroyo, the other infielder, is their number six, and he's 18 years old. Be excited if you're Cincinnati. Sure. I hope the kid's a stud. He, uh, we were laughing. They said he's got a a low floor. Is his gloves that good? Sure. Let's find out, man. Um... So if you're the Reds, I think you're half happy. Um, if you're Seattle, you have to be elated. Uh, your franchise was hoping to get into this position. They did get into this position. Um, and now for the next two years, at least, this year and next year, you know, Seattle should be a playoff team with with some real aspirations. For this year, I don't know. Let's see what the rest of it looks like. Uh, their rotation and bullpen is legit. Their lineup is still, I don't want to say a little thin. I like a lot of the names. Um, I just think when you think of a top of the lineup like Houston or the Yankees, Seattle doesn't have that. Um, yeah, they're not at like, a, they don't have like a single hole. It's just they need. They could they could use somebody that's the top of the line. It's Julio Rodriguez and Ty France. Those are the guys that scare you. Like, J.P. Crawford is nice. J.P. Crawford is nice. 
And Julio. Um, you know, Eugenio Suarez, most stinger since 2018 or something like that, if you butter knife the stats. Uh, Jesse Winker, like, can he really go? That would change things for them because he kind of has an all season. I know he hit a, hit a nice home run the other day. Let's see if they have any other moves in their chamber. Like I just said, Julio Rodriguez went down. Um, that that was tough. I think x-rays were negative and stuff, but scary moment there. They retaliated. They hit Altuve, so tune in to any Mariners-Houston games the rest of the way. Uh, but they sent kind of the first shot across the bow of this trade deadline. We hadn't been talking about them a lot. I'm not actually giving myself credit for this, but when we talked about it on Talking Baseball... I kind of had one of those oh moments like Seattle had played themselves into a nice position. They have a GM that is notorious for trading. This is supposed to be a busy deadline. When you put all of that in the pot, it makes sense. Mm. I thought they might go Willie Contreras. Mariners fans got a little mad at me because they like what Cal Raleigh's doing back there. No shame in Cal Raleigh's game. Uh, Wilson Contreras is... One of the best hitting catchers we've seen in a long time. So, uh, and he can end up on a number of teams. Uh, unlimited teams. Like Trev keeps throwing out Houston, even though I think they love Machete. The Mets would love Wilson Contreras. I mean, Yankee fans haven't talked about it. Jose Trevino is an all-star this year, and we know they value receiving. But if they brought in Wilson Contreras, we would, is- be, we would be pretty juiced up. It's theoretically one of the the places in the lineup that that could be upgraded. Go okay. You know, they basically rotate catchers every other day. Wilson Contreras can DH other days. You would figure that out. That's how how talented that guy is. So, we're not there yet. But Wilson Contreras can still end up on any team. By the way, like, has to be traded. He's a rental, right? Yeah, they have to move on from him. So that's why I was always I always felt it was kind of weird when people would do the Gary for Contreras stuff because their profile player profile build is essentially the same. Contreras this year I think has taken a a step up, but uh, they're the same amount of time left and whatever, whatever, whatever. It's always weird. So what else has happened and what else is going to happen? Um, the freight train, David Peralta. My guy, Snake's legend. In the Snake's history book, big time. I'm, I don't want Jakey Silly to get in the way here um, because you guys know I'm a huge D-backs fan. This, right now this is getting overlooked because it happened after Benintendi and Castillo and we're hoping that there's going to be crazy trades that go down. We are hoping that Juan Soto, a generational young player, is being played. People are still mentioning Otani. So David Peralta might not move the needle for you. Um, I'll tell you what, OPS plus-wise, pretty close to Ben Tendi. Different profile hitters. Um, more age pop. factor. More pop, different age. Uh, also a pure rental here. Some of the recent analytics on David Peralta has changed. I think he has, like, the second highest barrel rate in the last month. He's changed his swing and his stats um, have kind of showed that. He's swinging for more power, which, there you go. 
Baseball loves loves more power. Um, I don't know what it means. The Rays haven't been on the radar this year, and I don't know how much they'll get into the radar. But what I do know is the Tampa Bay Rays are still very involved. The Rays are third in the East. They're currently in the wild card. They have so many injuries. And for me, it's what does this team actually look like come September or October? Um, Because right now, there's some stuff that's, uh, for lack of a better term, stinky. Um. You know, the bottom of their lineup right now, Luke Rayleigh, Taylor Walls, Brett Phillips, Christian Betancourt. That's tough. That's not saying this to be rude. You could show up and that could be a triple A lineup any day of the week. Looking at just looking at their IL and it's basically all the guys you came into this year knowing about besides Randy. Right. Um, so, if the Rays stay involved in this, which they're going to, uh, Harold Ramirez had started to really go for them. He is on the IL. Will he come back? Manny Margot, electric, coach ball games guy. I don't know if he's full-blown game changer, but you'd rather have him batting eighth or ninth, uh, than Luke Rayleigh. Not shots fired at Luke Rayleigh, but just spitting the truth. I think Rays fans in the past have said to us there's times when, like, Margot carries their offense. When he's electric, he's electric. He's three for four with two doubles and a stolen base. There's a fake stat line for you. Plus defense at a couple spots. Brandon Lau hasn't been a big part of this season. He's now back. He's hitting for them. He's a really good hitter. He's a really good hitter. 39 homers last year. Yandy Diaz has kind of had a breakout season a little bit. He's been around, but his numbers stacked against the rest of the league have been good. So, right now the top half of their lineup is listed as G-Man Choi, Yandy Diaz, Brandon Lau, Randy Rosarena, and David Peralta. Those are five major league guys that at different points could be, you know, in the top half of your lineup. If they can get if they can get Wander Franco back and Harold Ramirez, we're now talking about the Rays with seven guys in their lineup, which we haven't been able to say that all year. All year. By the way, you know who else came back for them? Pete Fairbanks in the bullpen. Mm, we like him. Their bullpen has a lot more familiar names than it did earlier in the year. Fairbanks, Adams, Brooks Raley, Poche, Thompson. Beaks is out there, not giving him full love. Um, I personally don't fully know who else they're getting back from their pitching. I know Tyler Glass now is still throwing. Can he be a weapon for them in any way? Um, Fire Eisen going to be back. Fire Eisen. Electric, electric. Shagwa has a strained oblique. Whistler has a strained neck. I am not deep enough in Ray's culture right now to give you all those guys' timelines, but I would bet a couple of them are going to pitch at some point this season. Um, is, ba- is Shane Boz done for the year? I don't know. Um, we know the Rays can find pitching. They have more guys in the minor leagues. Seth Johnson's a prospect for them, and he really likes us and John Boy Media. 
He interacts with a lot of my stuff, so I'm rooting for him. Rooting for that, then. Uh, so we'll see if they do any other Ray sneaky stuff. But I'm telling you, it's nothing for now. But come early September, if the Rays September, the Rays is stuck around by then, which they're going to. The Rays stick around. That's what they do. That we could be looking at the Rays through a very different lens. I know we naturally kind of big brother and poo poo them because they play an ugly brand of baseball. And for the um, first time the in a few years, they're ugly. not at like the top of the division. But I mean, they're you know. ALDS, World Series, ALDS, the last three years. Um, you know, some of these guys, if they get there, this is going to be their fourth straight playoffs, like pretty battle-tested. Um, you can sleep on the Rays for now, but come September, let me know what their IL looks like and who's around because we could view them in a very different light than we have recently. So, those are the trades that have gone down. Chris Martin went to the Dodgers. Uh, talented guy. Super tall. Uh, when he gets hot, he gets hot. He was with the Braves. He got hurt for their their postseason run after coming from Texas. We'll see what they can tap into over there. Um, after that, so, talked a lot about it. And all that was brought to you by Floorball. Big game tonight. BBD and the We Got Ice Boys hit the floorball court uh, versus Broad Street Bullies. Broad Street Bullies. Who we played in game one, right? Um, Jules is an absolute star. If you know, you know. Like, I don't really like saying that phrase, but for her, it's true. Um, Hockey Collective guys, Nick Bones, who's on here. He's on their team. Um, Chris Rose's son, Brady. Scored a goal off his knee. Illegal. Um, now, what is coming up for the rest of the trade deadline? Soto, as I've told you guys, I've been flip-flopping a little bit. I'm currently kind of flopped, but not because... I'm currently flopped to he won't be traded, but I know I'm actually not. I'm just bummed out the trade deadline stopped. The David Peralta trade broke at 3.40 on Saturday after Benny, after Luis Castillo, and it was like game time. Fire me up. It's been silent. Completely silent. So I don't know. Yeah, not even any real rumors. Not even like the, the tweet before the trade where it's like, oh, you know, these teams are close. Finalizing nothing like that. So I'm interested to see what's the next thing to go. Like I said, it feels like Soto's holding things up a little bit uh, from a couple of the teams that want to make big moves. And I guess Castillo, one set a new market, also made it like Montes is the clear number one pitcher left now that as far as total value that like. Teams want to figure out if they can get him before any rental guy. So let's do Montes because I think Montes has entered an interesting category where on paper, it's not too different than Luis Castillo. Um, 
Now, Luis Castillo has a career 362 ERA, 137 starts. Um, Montes, uh, a career 373 ERA, 121 starts. They're the same age, right? Uh, s- similar ages. Montes had a uh, he had a PD thing a couple years back. Uh, Luis Castillo has like ten more career WAR, and it's one of those funny things with baseball that, again, not a lot of their stat sheet is that far off, but pretty much the consensus with everyone I've spoken to is you'd rather have Castillo than Montes. Um. I think there's some ballpark stuff that comes into play there. And there's just an eye test that comes with Luis Castillo that, like, he has the sauce. Um, He could, like, if you're a team acquiring him, you think he could start game one of a playoff series. It's kind of like no doubt, where with Montas, it's almost like, well, let's see, right? Like, you're leaving Oakland. Um, You know, he, he got recently banged up, but he's bounced back and he's looked solid. Montes is still the next biggest name on the block, and is Oakland trying to package him with anything else? Um, and what does that look like? They have some other pitching options. Um, Loriano's name keeps getting brought up. I know he's got, I think he's two and a half years till free agency, a la Soto. Um, we'll see what other, what other trades <laughs> Oakland has up their sleeves. Montes is the next to go. I don't think he's going... To the Yankees, maybe it, maybe I have a misread on that. Every tweet with Montas and the trade rumors, the Yankees are mentioned last. Hmm. I don't know. I I could be very much overreading into that, but you know the Haymans and Nightingales that we know these people a chunk of their sources are agents. Throwing in the Yankees helps. It really does. Um, you know, agents do it to try to drive up final free agency bids. Uh, I think teams would do it to, to make sure they get the best offer. Like just saying the Yankees are involved. That does a little something, maybe not a lot. If you're a good general manager, it shouldn't do anything to you, but it's the media, media lames like us now mm-hmm. sellouts. Whoa. Um, I'm ready to sell. So that's the Montes deal. Wilson Contreras, again, I think he is an open board. Why wouldn't he be? I could DH or catch. Not a lot of teams have those. I guess rule like the Blue Jays out. So then it's the conversation turns to the wild card teams that are they buying or are they are they selling? The National League is pretty figured out. Excuse me, except one team. The National League East is figured out. Mets buying. Braves buying. Phillies will be buying. 55 and 47, good for them. I believe the top three in the NL East all swept this weekend. That's big. Phillies still doing this all without Bryce Harper, so when he comes back, there's some juice. Where else will they add? They traded for Edmundo Sosa, actually. That got overlooked. He was a guy that played some some shortstop for the Cardinals. Uh, good glove. Some glove. Uh, good speed, athletic. Gives them an option. And they traded him for Jojo Romero, who's coming off injury. He hasn't done much in the bigs yet. 
I trust the Cardinals as an organization that JoJo Romero would be on the way up, but for the Phillies to trade away a pitcher who hadn't been really contributing to them to bring in a guy that could potentially be their shortstop, I really like that move for them. Um, but I'm not sleeping on the Cardinals' side of it. I'm I'm sure they're getting some sort of return in that in Romero, but a sneaky little move. And on, on the Phillies' end, like, we've been talking about it from a Yankees perspective. Like, who, who else playing shortstop is being traded for sure in the next 36 hours or whatever? And, dude, maybe, hours. you know, maybe it turns into a really nice thing for them. I mean, Didi with the lefty bat, Sosa from the righty side, maybe it turns into pl- platoon thing. What's Stott up to? Boom has been going nut job in the month of July. I think he hit. Let's get the numbers. They just updated. I want to say it was like 420, but I didn't want to, you know. Don't want to just throw that out there. I don't want I don't want the Bakers to lose their mind as we start off August 1st. That's nuts, huh? Where does it go? I was looking at a picture from spring training, and I was like, that feels three years ago. 434 in the month of July. So I would have lowballed him. I would have lowballed him. You one dotted. Massive July for Alec Bohm. AlecBohm.com. The rest of the National League, the Brewers are buying. It feels like they're going to do some Brewers witchcraft stuff and either try to tap into a gallo or do some little tweaks, some picks to click, and hopefully one or two do. Cardinals still get thrown in the Soto rumors. Feels like it's gotten quiet there. Um, we'll see. They're 54 and 48. Ugh. Cubs selling. Reds selling. Pirates selling. Dodgers buying. What are they going to do? I know they got Chris Martin. Are they going to do more? I don't. I could see them doing some depth lineup stuff. Their bench does nothing for me. I still think their A lineup is, you can name it off the top of your head pretty much. But their bench, a uh, little bit of funny business there. And then pitching. I mean, that's the question. Like, Jim was big, Luis Castillo to the Dodgers. Their their pitching isn't what it looks like in previous years. They have a lot of guys on the way back, just like the Yankees do. So are they just going to bank on those guys? Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. There's a lot of teams left that haven't made any move. Yankee fans are antsy. Our office is antsy today because they're like, what are the Yankees going to do? They already acquired an all-star outfielder. Hmm. Like, they've made the second <clears throat> biggest move so far, and Yankee fans are antsy. The only team that if the deadline ended today would be happy would be Seattle. They got Luis Castillo. We'll see. They might do more. Easily. But all of these teams, the Padres are going to buy. They're supposedly going for a legendary trade. If not, Ian Happ and a pitcher. Um, you know, they they could get in on Contreras. You know? Like, if you're willing to pay for Juan Soto, are you willing to pay less to get Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras? I don't know. I don't know. When's Tatis coming back? There's something. The only question mark in your National League is the San Francisco Giants. They are 51-51. and 51. Hmm. Carlos Rodon is having another special year, capitalized by last night, Sunday Night Baseball. 
Um, is he available? And I don't know. I think here was my thought process last night. We talk about athletes being, you know, the most competitive people in the world, right? The people that are running teams in front offices are cut from very similar cloths. You want to win. So I guess for me, if I'm the San Francisco Giants, who won 107 games last year, your team is 500. Last year, the Atlanta Braves, they were, on, they were at under 500 at a later point than this, only a couple games, and then they started to go. But you think San Francisco's front office is really telling themselves, like, trade, 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 it's, it's not the year? I don't know. They'd have to be pretty not proud, which could be a good thing for them. It could be a great thing for next year's San Francisco Giants if they traded away Rodon or, or some of their other veteran guys. I have a hard time seeing them do it. I think they'd ask for a pretty crazy, a pretty big price tag for Rodon. When the other side of it is, we can still go. If the San Francisco Giants go 8-2 and two in their next 10 games, they're probably like a game out of the playoffs. Every team thinks they can turn that on and hit that button. That being said, they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Uh, they're about to play the Dodgers. So, that's the other part of being an MLB GM that's just not as easy as it looks, that they're playing four with the Dodgers. Could they get four games swept by the Dodgers? And then it's like the decision would have been made. At the same time, if they sweep the Dodgers in four games, it's in San Francisco, would be really tough, four games. They could win that series. You know, they host the Oakland A's after that. I see the Pirates and D-backs on their schedule. Then the Rockies and Tigers. So if you're the Giants, and just think about who you want to be. Like, if you're the Giants GM, we've heard Gabe Kapler is a high-T guy. Heard that from Trev. Heard that locker room has high-T guys. Evan Longoria. Like, if you're the San Francisco Giants GM and you walk down there after the trade deadline and maybe you didn't do anything, maybe you grabbed a reliever, maybe you did one like they moved Jock Peterson but they got another younger MLB guy. That guy with time. Retool. You retool. And you can go into that locker room and say, boys, I fought it off. I didn't sell. Now you guys need to make me look good. We've got the Pirates, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, and the Tigers coming up. It's go time. Like, you don't think the boys are going to get fired up for that? You don't think instead of playing two months of meaningless baseball, that now you get to play two months of hopefully the most fun, intense baseball you've gotten to play? So I don't think the San Francisco Giants are selling. I could be wrong because, again, I think Rodon could bring you in a pretty price tag. 
But they still have their playoff formula, man. If they could somehow get in. Like the San Francisco Giants with Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon. I I wouldn't really want to face those guys. The lineup doesn't scare you. I'll be honest. But they also have a lot of injuries. Brandon Crawford is out. Evan Longoria is out. Jack Peterson is out. There's three guys that could be in the middle of your lineup. Circle them as a wild card. The Yankees want more. I don't know what they're going to do. Touch upon a couple other teams. The Mets have made a couple small moves. Are they going to make another? They're supposed to get Jacob deGrom back. You'd like to think they're going to get a reliever type. I I think they're going to be more or less quiet outside of a David Robertson or another reliever. Because if Jacob deGrom comes back, that's kind of what it's been all about. They've got pieces for their lineup. Uh, and they've had a crate. They've been really good this year. Mets fans like every team, ho- hoping for one more impact reliever. But Yeah. But uh, every team could use that. They would be fully <clears throat> satisfied at the deadline if they did that. IMO. The Atlanta Braves, people are starting to talk about more. Uh, Robinson Cano is currently listed as their second baseman. Uh People have been talking about them for Ian Happ. They have outfielders. Uh, so I don't know. Doesn't feel like a pure fit for me. But don't sleep on them. They don't have glaring needs. But they made a lot of small moves at the deadline last year. Could that be their signature move? By the way, you want to talk about something fun. Mets and Braves five-gamer this weekend. Thursday hmm. through Sunday. NL East. That's fun. That's fun. Interested. Uh, So we'll see what goes on there. Let's see. Who else in the NL East? Phillies, you know the story. Don't rule anything out with Dombrowski, and they're all in. Brewers feel like they're going to be chip, chap, chip. It's not a phrase. It's from an old Jim Gaffigan stand-up. Cards, half a wild card. Everyone else selling. Yankees, they got Benintendi. They're going to need innings help, we think. They've had a lot of injuries. There's rumors Zach Britton is supposed to throw to hitters. Uh, He was off Yankees fans' radar. If he can get a little over a month of baseball, interested in him. Uh, Raldis Chapman looked a lot better recently. What will he be? We'll find out this week if he's turned a corner or did he just get to face the Royals. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a fair way good against the Pirates, too. You know, do the Yankees actually believe in Domingo Herman? Do they believe in Clark Schmidt? Albert Abreu has been pretty solid for them. When's Savvy coming back? When is Luis Severino coming back? It still feels like they'd pick up an innings person at the deadline, whether it's a Quintana... you know, I've heard Tyler Tyler Molly mentioned he's really interesting. He's got some good numbers. I wouldn't he's I think he's a year and a half guy. I think you're right. And I think he's you know, there'd be a decent price tag on him. Like his his recent years have been pretty good. Um if they think they can if they're a tweak away from getting to fully unlock the, the the potential in that arm. He's got some interesting road home splits. Someone DM me this weekend to say that. Um, I mean, I'll say them on here. They're they're 
worthwhile. I forget if they're just this year or lifetime. Um, even even when the Yankees' rotation was rolling six weeks ago or whatever, we thought they might go get an innings eater because they just have a bunch of dudes. Yeah, there. and we're still coming. We're still yeah. a year removed from the COVID year, and that threw pitchers off. And if you're a pitcher that had an injury in that time frame, you're still even more thrown off, which a lot of pitchers do these days. Uh, Tyler Molly career, 502 ERA at home, 374 on the road. And that's like 50 starts both ways. So it's a hitter's park. He's, he's an interesting guy that's not being talked about a lot because I think everyone was talking about Luis Castillo from his team. That guy could end up on a, contend, on a contender. Jays. People think the Jays are going to make moves. People think Ian Happ could be a guy there. Uh, they could always use pitching or at least innings and always a high-leverage bullpen arm. You could say that about every team, so I'll stop. I mentioned the Rays. Um, they're the Rays. Red Sox are 51-52. and 52. J.D. Martinez with some quotes, making it seem like it was going to be his last homestand. I don't know. Kind of the same thing you say about the San Francisco Giants. They won 107 games. The Red Sox went to the ALCS last year. Um, there's still a lot of talent on that team. Can they really send prospects to bring in other players? I don't know. Could they do a retool of sorts? Could you trade J.D. Martinez and get... Could you trade J.D. Martinez to the Mets and get J.D. Davis and some prospects and see if J.D. Davis could be your D.H.? I haven't actually looked at any of that in a, in a trade scenario, but could they do a retool without selling everyone to try to still compete? Because they are... The Red Sox are three and a half games out of the wild card right now. That sounds good. Their last place in the East, behind the Orioles. I mean, it's by a half game. But they are in last place. They are currently one, two, three, three teams ahead of them in the wild card. It doesn't look good. By the way, they're about to play at Houston. So what does that record look like in a couple more days? I don't know what you do. You should sell, if we're being honest. But everything I said about the Giants, you could say about the Red Sox as well. Minnesota Twins, God, keep joking that they're going to get Syndergaard or Quintana. That's just such a Twins move. They only have a game lead on the Guardians. The White Sox are two games back. Playing a better brand, still need to fully click. But Twins like pitching has gotten worse and worse by each month. They're starting to get the injury bug a little bit. Sano came back. He got hurt again. People are talking about, like, the end of his time on the Twins. A lot of highs and lows there. Still the biggest thighs I've seen in person. Miguel Sano. Different kind of big. Guardians are just a mid-festival. Like, Chris Rose thinks they're going to add people, but they could very well trade people away. Like, they, they stink for baseball fans. They should be a totally different conversation. They just had a couple more young guys get healthy and come back. Like, Cleveland's going to be involved in this season, but I, I don't see them making the trade deadline move everyone's looking for. Who just came back for them? Was it Ernie Clement or Owen Miller? One of those guys. Um, Maybe both. Both active right now. Both currently active. 
My guy, Fran Mill. Um, but not like a trade deadline threat that we know of. Prove me wrong. The White Sox got to be looking for a little juice. I don't think they have to make the big splash. I think, like every team, a reliever would be nice. But they just, Louis Robert is supposed to come back soon. Their lineup is starting to get closer and closer to looking like the Chicago White Sox lineup. They're in the easy part of their schedule. Their next 10 games are Kansas City, Texas, Kansas City. Um, I think they're going to make a small move for a second baseman like Donovan Solano. I said that seriously on Talking Baseball. Trevin Jim thought I was delivering news. I was not. Um, if Louis Robert comes back right now, this it, it's the White Sox you thought were going to be a part of this year. Tim Anderson, Yon Moncada, A.J. Pollock, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, Eloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, Louis Rubber. That's eight. And then your ninth right now is Josh Harrison, who, hey, he's played a lot of good Major League Baseball. He's not killing it this year by any means. If you get a little spark there, Donovan Solano, I think he's hitting like 330 for the Reds. Their rotation is who you'd think it was. Cease, Kopech, Giolito, Lynn, Cueto. Cueto's been really good for them. Their bullpen is starting to look right. Hendricks, Graveman, Kelly gets a little thin after that. You'd like another arm back there. The White Sox are starting to look like the White Sox and hit an easy part of their schedule. The Twins' ship is sinking a little bit. The Garda, Cleveland mids. I think we're going to be talking about the White Sox a lot more soon. I mean, if they could go to the Reds and get Donovan Solano and a reliever, I, I think that gets them. I think we are a week and a half from talking about the first play Chicago White Sox and what that means for the rest of the season. Um, but probably not a big deadline splash. Texas is trying to be funky because they want to compete next year, so you could see a weird trade come out of there. They are, like, in on the guys with multiple years. They might still sell a little bit, but they should be in on multiple years, guys. We'll see if anything happens there. Angels, disaster, sell. Um, Detroit, same. Kansas City, same. Oakland, same. Uh... Which just leaves, I don't know what the Jays are going to do. The Yankees have their different paths. I just don't know what it looks like. They've got young, legit shortstop prospects, which teams love. It's who do they actually believe in. We heard they really believed in Oswald Peraza. He hasn't been called up this year. There hasn't really been an opportunity in the Yankees infield to do that. There's that one, I can't have missed like four games. Thing. Right, but he didn't actually get IL'd, so like... Yeah, he ended up back. Um, It was the one time. Do they actually believe in him? Anthony Volpe looks like the next Yankee. He's got professional interviews. His minor league numbers are crazy. He's just young. Do they actually think he's the shortstop of the future? Because then you can move Oswald Peraza and go get the big fish. We're going to find out what they think in the next 48. Are they kind of sitting on their hands? And then are they going to call up one of those shortstops? Because right now, that's kind of the weakness on the field for the Yanks. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Cashman and the Yankees know right now. It probably depends what's out there. Houston, 
They'll probably do something sneaky and nice. That's just how they're wired. And that's kind of everyone. So, excited to see the chain start to move again for the deadline. It thought it looked like it was happening. Uh, it clearly didn't for the last little bit. Passing at his article today. He's like, Passing. He's like, well, last year we had a couple early moves and then hit a ball in the last 48 hours. We're nuts. Right. Okay. So. Okay, I'm reinvigorated a little bit. There's still very much. I, I think that's going to happen. It kind of has to. And always the last 24 hours, there's going to be a flurry. It was just, uh, it was kind of funny how we got teased and then it didn't go. And will Soto go? That's going to be the big one. That's going to be the big one. There's your deadline update on Wednesday. We'll be here and cover some of it. I also want to get, uh, BBD, could you ask Erica to do some trade deadline research? Trade deadline Just research. like the top five trades from like the past few years. Just because, so this was the conversation on Twitter. It Because that quote, keeps coming out like, this could be the craziest deadline ever. And that does get said every day. The biggest move each of the last... So, like, yeah, I mean, even if if it was the last 10 years, like the top five moves, something like that, I know there's some opinion in there. But I actually want to know, when this trade deadline happens, and let's say Soto doesn't go, so if Soto doesn't go, the top five trades this trade deadline would probably be Castillo, Luis Castillo, Ian Happ, Montes, Wilson Contreras, Montes, and let's say there's another wild card of that ilk. Like, where would that actually measure up in recent trade deadlines? I don't know. I don't know. But I figured maybe Wednesday we could find that out. Um... And we'll review what trades did go down, what it means. We're going to be live for, like, during the deadline, yeah. home stretch, and recapping for, for a little bit right after once we get all the moves in. Yeah, so we we'll probably share it on Talking Baseball in a minute, but we're, we're planning on going live tomorrow from, like, what do we say, 4.30 to 6.30? At it's least still that. kind of the plan. If something, Maybe four. If something big happens earlier, we'll start we'll that earlier. We'll just fire it up. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're on call tomorrow. We'll be here. You will, you'll hear from us certainly for the last hour and a half before the deadline. We are on Maybe. call tomorrow. People just mentioned Rodon. Uh, and then, yeah, may- hey, that's the fun of the deadline. What if Soto and Otani actually did happen? It would be like one of the best days in baseball history. Mm. Uh, so... Let's get there. We will be there soon. Uh, Excited to enjoy it with you guys. Uh, We have Talking Baseball coming up after this. uh, Teaser, me, BBD, and Trev, players only episode. Don't really think I'm going to jump around to other sports world. You're probably starting to get excited for football season as teams are actually going to camp and you're getting some updates. I saw Debo Samuel got a big extension. That's, That's exciting nice. for Niners fans and fantasy football fans. God, that look, guy's awesome. Like a few weeks away from fantasy drafts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. Right? I'm um probably should I got I got to consult my guys. 
I think I'm three weekends away from my fantasy football draft. Oh, wow. So uh, the Jake Storielli Classic is I'm renaming it. Hmm. A lot of golf, fantasy football draft. Um, is there anything else that really happened in the sports world this weekend? Um, Basketball is the same kind of non-updates. Deshaun Watson suspension just that's, came out. That's a, that like just happened six games. That's a big one. People are running hot on it um, because you can because there's no guidelines for what we do. So Calvin Ridley gets suspended for a year for placing a bet on the Falcons to win. Uh, Deshaun Watson did a lot of stuff that I don't still don't fully have the details on it. Either way, not good. I guess. The public doesn't fully know what levels of bad. Either way, not good. Um, he gets a six-game suspension. I think he's got 24 hours to appeal or something like that, so we'll see if that goes down. Uh, the majority of people seem not happy with it because, I mean, kind of what he did well, is worse. We have the direct comparison to the Calvin Ridley thing. I mean, Calvin Ridley, that's a really tough comparison. I mean, even Deflategate. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, at the sit on the... Not to try to be on the other side, but there's no length that we would have been, like, okay with. There's just no... There's no winning. There's no structure for I'm not on the NFL's side or anything. Just There's no structure for it. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, again, in pretty much whatever opinion you have, you can feel right about it. That's, that's kind of, unfortunately, the area there. Pretty much, unless, you, unless you're a real freak, whatever your opinion is, I probably agree with you. Wow. Freaks sound off in the comments. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go on. Before before we do that, can I say something? Do you yeah. have parentheses about the Yankees? Yeah, like I don't want to say this on talking Yankees. I'm a little nervous because like the lineup, like they have like four got four slots like the every day in like the A lineup that like they're not a threat to hit a home run. Yeah. No, I it's know, I, like I appreciate us emphasizing contact a little more. It Josh Donaldson's in a massive slump right now. Um, it's ugly, and I don't know where that lands. Trevino is Trevino, and that's uh, you know he he was hitting catcher position is what it is. He was hitting. It slowed down a little bit. It gets really tricky. IKF even when he's hot, he will not be a power threat. He isn't a he has zero home runs. It gets really tricky with Trevino and Higgy come playoff time. What do they look like? You're not really expecting offense from them. You really aren't. I mean, Trevi can give you some good at bats. He has throughout the year, but even when he's hot, it's singles and doubles. Find the short part of a park. So you just start doing a game of okay. So let's assume. We're not getting much from the catching position offensive-wise in the playoffs. That's actually how this Yankees team was built. Trevi's been awesome, but it's in the back of Yankees fans' heads. That's what you're saying right now. If IKF is not a power threat and can arguably not be a threat at all, because when he's cold, there's just he doesn't take walks. There's nothing. There's nothing. So now you got two spots in the lineup. So now if you have one guy slumping, you've got three guys. And now if someone gets hurt, that's how you have half a lineup. So that's... Like Hicks has gotten cold again, and also he's in the group of kind of not a threat to hit a homer. Stanton being out right now is big. I guess the team's A 
like playoff lineup wouldn't have Aaron Hicks in it. Matt Carpenter is what he is. Right. I mean, they they should come playoff time as of right now would be you know DJ Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, um, Glaber, Benny, Matt Carpenter deserves a ton of credit. Uh, so that's seven guys right there. And if Donaldson does figure something out, you can get that going. Um, but yeah, that's where. If the Yankees had an electric wild card of a shortstop hitting in the nine hole, even if it would be badass. Like I really hope we see Peraza. Even just the glove stuff means he's at least what ICAF is supposed if, to be, and that he's at least a threat to hit a homer. I think if Peraza came up and he sucked, you'd say, "Okay, well, go get it, ICAF." You know, it's the not knowing. It's the not knowing. Um, let's go to the comment of the day. Massive episode last time. I can't wait to tell Trev that he's still got the juice. Uh, one of our biggest episodes in a while. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in. I think it was fed by Juan Soto in the trade deadline as well. Because uh, baseball can still steer the ship here. But massive episode uh so thank you guys uh let's see what we've got for a comment of the day uh nathaniel scannell said need trevor jake and bbd in the oregon wilderness as a show uh yeah trev landed there uh that he's been on a big wilderness kick lately um so that's good i'm not a big survival guy i'm a post-apocalyptic guy some of those words didn't sound right at the end, huh? Post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic. I think I missed a syllable there the first time. Um, Matthew Nauer said Giants are on a huge slide. They need to go full sell, Jack and Rodon, or full buy. It's tough, right? I mean, you know, I, I think what I just said was kind of soft a little bit that the Giants should almost sit on their hands or retool one or two pieces. But that team, as the GM, being the general manager, that team hasn't given you any reason to buy hard. I mean, that team hasn't given you... They also haven't given you any reason to sell hard. So you kind of want to rework or massage things that maybe you could get a change of something that gets things going. Again, that schedule eases up in a week or two. I'm really interested to see. Um, They're a true wild card in this. Uh, and then Alex Van Dierendock said that the Orioles should be a wild card for Juan Soto. I just don't think that's happening. I don't... The biggest value to Juan Soto is the three Octobers. Remember how often we were saying that? You get Juan Soto for three Octobers. I still don't think the Orioles plan on being involved next October. I mean, Birds fans, sound off in the comments, but... Um, I mean, hey, if, uh, if Soto doesn't get moved and the offseason's here, they have no reason to rush into that kind of trade, but they have the prospects. I'm going to rule out Soto to Baltimore. In the next 32 hours, I don't think that'll happen. But... I thank you for commenting, uh, and thank you guys for tuning in. That was a big one. Uh, appreciate you. The deadline, it's, it's one of the better times of years. 
better times of years. Uh, drafts, trade deadline. It's a lot of hope. And we like hope in sports. So thank you guys for baking the algorithm. Make sure you're sharing, watching, and tuning in. Uh, my standout performance, I will go... I'm not going off the board. Uh, you know, maybe some, sometimes you guys look for the, uh, the silly ending. I will go Bill Russell. Um, all-time sports legend. Uh, not just basketball, man. I mean, it's Bill Russell. He's, he's a name that if you're any sort of sports fan, you're familiar with Bill Russell. In a way, he embodied like all the best stuff about sports, uh, just winning. I mean, being really good and winning and just being like the consummate dude, like almost any NBA event I could think of. Like Bill Russell was there and the players showed the utmost respect to him. He's kind of like, I feel how Yankee fans talk about Joe Torre. Like, Bill Russell has that with the whole NBA. Like, you respect Bill Russell. There's no middle area. There's no, like, I don't know, wasn't my kind of guy. Like, no. Bill Russell was the dude. It's always cool, man. Also, going back, the dude lived 88 years, which is crazy. Um, you know, there was some clips of him doing the high jump in college, and it was before they started doing the... To like throw your back over high jump So he's just kind of like squirrel diving over And he's this massive human But he was just a different sort Of athlete uh, University of San Francisco People forget about the Dons Being a, a superpower A superpower But uh, yeah man I mean I just You know they just did the The NBA all 75 team this year right? Yeah Past season. And, you know, Bill Russell was at the NBA All-50. Uh, and, you know, seeing the video of that, there was an awesome clip of him talking to Kobe. Um, a really awesome clip. If you can go look it up, uh, Google Bill Russell and Kobe. And uh, Bill Russell is telling Kobe, he's like, you know, w one of the things I, I did when I was playing basketball, is I thought about, like, every player's agenda on the court. Like, what are they trying to do? And that helps you map out what their whole team is trying to do and how you can defend that and everything. And Kobe, in a very Kobe-esque way, as only he could, uh, he cracks kind of a wry smile, and he's like, yeah, I do the same because I read it in your book. Um, and it's just one of those cool huh. things. It's just one of those really cool things. So, um an all-time legend, uh, Bill Russell, uh, a little R.I.P. Well, it was said a lot around the time of Kobe's passing, but you know, Bill Russell's like one of the original, like ambassadors of basketball. Like, yes, basketball hasn't been that popular for that long in the grand scheme of yeah. the world and, and sports in a micro sense. So like, like kind of all the the basketball legends. Still sort of kicking it, you know, so. And they, getting, they are getting older and, and it is one of the bigger losses ever in basketball. A true fraternity. Like they are a true fraternity of small. You played this game and you were especially the elite. There's an utmost respect for each other that 
when you're JJ Reddick and you have a throwaway comment on the air about plumbers and stuff that you'll you'll get attacked by the whole squad. Um so yeah. Who do you got, Beeps? We'll go to the the baseball. Mm. Get us a little lighthearted. Uh James Outman. Yeah. Cool debut last cool. night for the Dodgers. Three for four home or double. Triple shy of the cycle. Debut. Pretty cool. James Outman. MLB did. He had a home Not, run in the first at bat, right? Believe so. Yeah. First at bat, home run. So yeah. that's cool. Then he scares the cycle. Do- Dodgers needed the help, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, they, uh, have they. That organization knows what they're doing, man. They really do. They traded a. You know, they traded away Zach McKinstry, who'd been floating around on their team for a little bit, for Chris Martin, and then that had them call up James Outman, who hit a home run in his first at-bat and then almost a cycle. So, yeah. By the way, Dodgers, by win percentage, have passed the Yankees for best record in baseball. I wonder who they're missing from their lineup right now. Chris Taylor's rehabbing. He'll be back. So, yeah, that's the only main piece. Yeah, I I think they'll tweak something to their bench, although Trace Thompson's been playing out of his mind right now, James Outman. Um, On the roster. Right now, they kind of have a rotating DH spot, but when Chris Taylor comes back, he can rotate around everywhere, and then everyone can DH. Yeah. I think they're going to get a depth bench piece. I think they're going to get a depth bench piece. Mini... While we're on the topic of the Dodgers, kind of a mini bro to to Justin Turner. He was in one friendly. Friendly. We've met him a couple times now. And he was like in a bad, bad way to open the season. We did a whole episode on the team. Guys that had bad first months. Uh, And he since then OPS in the in the mid to high eights. His season numbers are he's climbed back to a to a, a little above a league average season. Yeah. Good for Justin Turner, because I was looking. I was looking at some Dodgers numbers and like, like Muncy still hasn't clicked. Yeah, he's, he's having like a full bad year. He was an MVP candidate until kind of the end last year. Turner one dotted in July. That's not bad. That's That'll not, play. That'll play. Um. All right, everybody. Thank you. Uh, truly appreciate it. Uh, the Wake and Jake community. You guys are the best, um, and I think this time of the season with baseball, you guys get rolling, and then even some football to start. That gets mm. rolling. It's we'll mix coming. in a couple, couple more guests. We probably don't need one this week. I think we're going to have a full Wednesday. Maybe we'll bring in some baseball nerd to talk baseball with us. We'll see. Go over the deadline. Um, other than that, tune into Warehouse Games YouTube tonight. King BBD and the We Got Ice Boys. Uh, going on in floorball. Everyone's been loving the floorball. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, trade deadline. We're going to be live when we need to be. We're hoping a Yankees trade breaks today. And we're talking Yanks today. Otherwise, we're ready. We will see. Uh, talking baseball after this. And then we're on call for there. And then everything else. Pinstripe strong. Rose rotation. Adley Rushman. Awesome. Check that out. Talking Giants. They're starting to go. Pinstripe strange. Farm to fame. All of it. All of it. You guys are the best. 
Giolito also good on Rose last week. Let's have a week. Bacon. Amp. Amp. 